Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio, wherever you can get podcasts. Progressive presents Forced Metaphors, about bundling your home auto and other vehicles. In hockey, it's the goalie's job to protect the net. And in life, your net is your home and auto, but also your boat, motorcycle, RV, or ATV. And your goalie is the round-the-clock protection offered by Progressive Insurance. Well, and also the savings you get when you bundle. So in this metaphor, you have two goalies, which is okay because, you know, it's just a metaphor. Forced Metaphors, presented by Progressive. Bundle and protect today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discount not available in all states or situations. Welcome to Stack the Box. I am Matt Bergeram alongside Josh Hill, as always. And there's a lot to get to. And let's just jump right in. Let's be real. Uh, everybody in the NFL world is talking about a man and his lost helmet. And, of course, that is Antonio Brown of the Raiders. And, hell, i got to tell you, we did an emergency podcast with this uh, a week ago, and I thought we really covered it. And here we are, not even what, seven, eight days later, and once again, Antonio Brown is MIA. The helmet's not working for the NFL or the NFL Players Union. A new helmet's not working for him. Uh, chaos in Oakland, and it does not appear to be getting any better for the Raiders. He's a lunatic. Like the, the helmet thing is not a big deal, but he's blowing it out of proportion into this massive thing that's affecting the entire Raiders training camp, and it's it's incredible. Mayock comes out publicly, and he's like, he's either all in or he's all out. We gotta know, and we don't know, and that's the thing. So now it's two different. It's a two pronged thing where we've got Antonio Brown and the absurdity of this helmet issue, and now we have Gruden versus Mayock much earlier than we thought. The Raiders knew what they were getting into when they spent a third and a fifth round pick to acquire him. It should have been a red flag, and I wrote about this at the time. The Steelers gave away one of the best players in football for a third and a fifth round pick. Like You don't do that if there's not something just critically wrong with the situation. It was public last year how bad it got in Pittsburgh. Yeah. So this isn't a surprise. Now, the one thing I think people continue to make a mistake with is everybody keeps saying, well, you know, this is how it's eventually going to play out. He's going to come back, and they're going to figure it out, and he's going to be there week one, and that may happen. But don't make the mistake of applying a logical line of thinking to someone who's not logical. <laughs> nope. He has, no, he has no idea what he's going to do. He could show up tomorrow. He could not show up at all. It wouldn't shock me if he retired. I, I wouldn't bet on that. But if he did it, would it, would it just floor me? No. He told Jeff Darlington this offseason he doesn't need football anymore. So who knows what he's going to do? He doesn't strike me as someone who's just going to wake up tomorrow and go, you know, I'm kind of out of control about this. Um, <laughs> let's, let's settle down. I'm the, sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's not happening. And to speak to your point, Gruden and Mac, I thought Gruden, and I wrote about this in Stack and Box a few weeks ago, Gruden had to support him at the time. Yeah. Okay. They were still in the early stages of this whole freak out becoming public. And Gruden wanted to show, hey, A.B.'s our guy. We're going to stand by him. We're going to stand by you. You're a part of the team. 
Mayock was not scheduled to talk to the media yesterday. This was on Sunday, if you're listening to this, it was on Sunday. He was the one who basically called reporters over and said, here's our statement on Antonio Brown and why he's not here right now. And the Raiders' official Twitter account fired that out. That is, in NFL circles and terms, that is going nuclear in the NFL. For them to say, we've got 89 guys busting their ass here, you're either all in or you're all out, that's Mike Mayock saying, we're done with this crap. Get to camp, get to practice, get to these games, or get out. And now, you look at the situation where, where's it going from here? Who knows? That If you're saying you think you know where it's going to go, you're a liar. Antonio Brown is involved. You don't know where it's going to go. And I'll, I'll stop here at this. Peter King, I thought, wrote a really smart thing uh, in Football uh, Morning in America from NBC Sports. He wrote the Raiders should provide Antonio Brown and his agent, Drew Rosenhaus, with a five-day letter, which I'll be frank, I didn't even know it existed until I read this from Peter King. Um, basically what it is, or not basically, it is what this is, You once that letter is issued to a player, said player has five days to report, be it team facilities, practice, you know, so forth and so on. If the player does not comply, he is banned from playing. He's placed on the on the uh, left squad list. He cannot play in the NFL this year for the Raiders or any other team, and he is not obligated to be paid. Now, I'm not saying he wouldn't fight that. The NFLPA wouldn't fight that, but that is the legal. Re- that is the within the constraints of the NFL. That's the recourse they have. And that might be the best way to go. Force his hand, and if he doesn't show up, fine. You move on from it. He's not playing this year. Antonio Brown has never played one snap for the Raiders. Yeah. Okay? You think that a bunch of guys on that team were busting their butts to make that team better, to make the team, you know, in the first place. You think that they're feeling real good about this right now? You probably know Progressive Insurance for insuring your home and auto. You may know Flo and Dr. Rick. But what you may not know is that Progressive helps employees support over 3,800 charitable organizations annually because we're committed to helping our employees, and our employees are committed to helping others. Anyway, we just wanted to share. We were a little too proud of it to keep it to ourselves. And if you already knew all of this about us, you've either heard this radio spot before or just randomly know a lot about Progressive. Find out more about how we're dedicated to our customers and communities at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates based on data from May 2020 through April 2021. Now, where this clown is sitting out, he's not involved, he doesn't care, he just got $30 million packed into his contract. You think the Raiders players are going to feel real good when he shows up seven days before the season starts and says, great, I'm, uh, I'm wide receiver one now, throw me the ball 15 times a game or I'm going to go, I'm going to go berserk. Players care about that stuff. Players are all looking around that room going, hey, we're all in. We're all here. And we're working. And we're, we're doing everything we've got to do for a fraction, in most cases, of the money you're getting paid. You've never done anything. Where some of these guys have been on this team for five, six, seven years, like a Rodney Hudson. You don't think those guys are saying, are you kidding me with this? It would be one thing. It would be bad enough if he was on the Steelers still doing all this stuff. At least then, he'd have the equity with the Steelers. Hey, I've, I've given you eight great years, so on and so yeah. forth. Players would be a little bit more lenient. They've been teammates with him for years. He's, he has all new teammates. He's in a brand new building on a team that's rebuilding, trying to get back on the winning way. And he's doing all this. I can tell you right now, and this isn't an inside So This is just, just knowing the NFL. Those players in that room, they're furious. He is destroying that locker room with the way he's acting, and that's a bigger problem for the Raiders than any of the rest of this stuff. You talk about a good locker room and a good situation for a receiver to walk into. Uh, Antonio Brown and the Raiders, one spectrum. 
awful. Don't want to deal with that. Uh, another receiver came back this week going into what we assume is the best locker room in football. Yep. Josh Gordon returns to the New England Patriots. Verderam, what say you about the Patriots and Tom Brady getting a weapon when it's, you know, they don't have Gronk. He retired. There's not a standout wide receiver star there outside of Edelman, but, like, at some point, what's going to happen with him? I mean, they've got the rookie, Nikhil Harrig. What's going on with him? Now you get Josh Gordon back. How long is he going to stay? Hopefully, I mean, I don't think anybody's rooting against him playing a full season. Sure. And if you are, get out. Like, come on, Josh Gordon. You should not be rooting against Josh Gordon. But on the other hand, too, or not on the other hand, but in addition to that, how much more dangerous does this make the Patriots, who always seem to do this? Like, we're, we were just ready to write them off and say, I don't know, Brady's going to hit the wall. Eventually, he's going to fall off the clip. Happened to Manning. It's going to happen to Breeze maybe this year. Who knows? Going to happen to uh, Brady. Now he gets Josh Gordon back, and we're penciling the Patriots into the Super Bowl even more so than we were before. Uh, it doesn't change my opinion of the AFC. My opinion has been, for anyone who hasn't heard it, but if you listen to this podcast, which you've heard it many times, I think Kansas City and New England are the two best teams. I, I think Kansas City right now is the favorite, uh, although I'm sure people in New England would argue with that, justifiably so. Look, you've been to three straight Super Bowls. Fair right. enough. Um, but from a roster perspective, I still think the Chiefs are the most talented team uh, from you know top on down, um, led by their quarterback. But with Josh Gordon, he's huge. Uh, he's, he's a terrific player. The question, of course, and you brought it up, Come December, is Josh Gordon going to be there? Because, unfortunately, that's been kind of the, the problem for him. Is He's gone on these spurts where he's gotten his life together. He's been productive on and off the field. Mm-hmm. And then there's a setback. And so often there is with people who struggle with these types of issues. And so, look, like you said, if you're rooting against Josh Gordon, you're a... You're a, you're a monster. Yeah, you're, like, you're come an on. a-hole. But, um yeah, I think we're all rooting for Josh Gordon. I certainly am. And I think it's great for him that he's back on the field. And for New England, from a football standpoint, yeah, look, it's a big get. When he's healthy and he's right, he's one of the best players in the game. And he gives Brady that outside weapon that he doesn't have because Edelman is a is a slot guy. Harry, while certainly talented, he's a rookie. You don't know what you're going to get. He mm-hmm. may be fantastic. Belichick does not have a great history of drafting receivers. So, yeah. Um, Jabbar Gaffney says hello. Yeah, so does Chad Jackson. <laughs> okay. Like, oh. Yeah. So, <laughs> wow. Nikhil Harry could end up being Jerry Rice, but we just have no idea that that's the case. So, Gordon gives you that one proven guy. But for me, for New England, and to bring my comment full circle, and Kansas City, this season is not about September, October, November. This season is about December, January, February, and will Gordon be there at that time? Hopefully, he will be. Um, this is obviously a great step in the right direction. I think it helps him. Certainly makes him better, more talented. Uh, but there's a long way to go because we've seen this story kind of play out before and not end the way everybody would have wanted to. Does that happen again or is this different? Hopefully it's different. We'll see. But obviously, yeah, certainly a step up better than Dontrell Inman on the outside. Malcolm Mitchell was drafted in 2016. Out of the league, dealt with injuries. Braxton Berrios. Terrible. Drafted in 2018. Literally don't even know who that is. Those are the last two receivers that the Patriots have drafted before Nikhil Harry. It seems like an annual tradition. We get to this time of the year, and everybody says, you know who's a sleeper? You know who you should be taking? The Los Angeles Chargers, Phillip Rivers, and all of this kind of stuff. But it seems like the Chargers are always the cute pick in the offseason, and then something happens, 
and they have some sort of problem in training camp in the preseason that derails their season. Derwin James gets hurt. They've got a ton of problems. What's going on with the Chargers? Because if I'm a Chargers fan, it's like, God, this again? Like, come on. It really is incredible. They, they deal with more injuries than any team I can remember in recent memory. They always have something going on. And now Derwin James is out three to four months. He, he broke uh, his foot, or he broke the fifth metatarsal. Um, so, best case scenario, you're probably looking at Thanksgiving. And that, that seems like a pretty ambitious timeline, honestly. I'm not a doctor, but... Adam Schefter reported that they have to take a screw out of his foot that got bent, and they got to reinsert a screw, and they've got to do the surgery. That, those kinds, and it's his foot. So you're dealing with he's he's going to have to do a decent amount of conditioning just to get back to where he needs to be. Right. You're putting all that pressure on it. You're cutting. You're moving. You're planting. That is that is a very serious injury. That's not all that dissimilar from things we've seen with Des Bryant, where he's had foot injuries and whatnot. It's just that is a that is a scary injury, short and long term, and. I hope for him he comes back as soon as possible. Wouldn't be shocked if he's out all year long. That is significant. But I think realistically, if you're the Chargers, you're hoping to get him back sometime in December. And you're hoping to go from there. Keenan Allen's got an ankle injury. Keenan Allen is... He's always hurt. Oh, he's hurt every other year. Allen is expected to be back week one, but, you know, ankles, hamstrings, stuff like that, they're always tricky. You never know. Russell Okung, thankfully okay from a a pulmonary embolism this offseason, but... There's no timetable on his return. They don't mm-hmm. know when he's going to come back. He hasn't been cleared yet. He's their left tackle. And that is, if there is one very weak spot in the Chargers, it is that offensive line. They're not great up front. You look at that line from left to right, and it's you, know, you got Pouncey at the center. But beyond that, there's a lot of questions about that front in front of a quarterback who can't move. So Okung is a big deal. Then you get into Melvin Gordon's holding out. Yeah, and I can tell you right now, and I'm not the only one who said this. It's been said all over the place, but it's pretty much universal. There's no end in sight with that holdout. He is dug in. They are dug in. Now, look, stuff like that, things change. Maybe Gordon, by the time week one rolls around, says, I got to get paid, and he comes back. But as things stand, both sides are very committed to how they feel about this thing. So the Chargers, you're dealing with a lot. But losing James, I'd argue that outside of Rivers, he's the most important player on the team. Maybe you'd argue Bosa, but he's certainly top three. Ingram's up there in you know, my mind, but it's, it's t- that is a that is a big loss. That is a really big loss. He does everything for that defense. He can cover tight ends, cover backs. He can blitz. He can cover deep. He can play a safety, you know, center field role. Yeah, to lose him, they're replacing him with Adrian Phillips. Who Adrian Phillips is an NFL player, but he's not even a, you know even in the conversation as a Pro Bowl player. Derwin James was an all-pro as a rookie. So that tells you the kind of drop-off you have. It's a big loss. And they are dealing with a lot of injuries in a year where they're hoping to make the Super Bowl and they're trying to chase down the Chiefs who have won the division the last three years. So the Chargers are already dealing with a lot of adversity. But the last thing with the Chargers that I thought went under the radar, and it's probably not a huge deal, but it is something worth considering. Uh, they have tabled uh, extension talks with Phillip Rivers to the, after the season. And Rivers is a free agent after this year. What happens if Rivers has a great year and wants to get paid $35 million a year? And what happens if he gets hurt for the first time or he doesn't have a good year and they want to try to lowball him and he says, no, 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 I'm still Philip Rivers. I just had a down year. I don't think it's a big deal. I can't imagine him leaving the Chargers. I'm just saying 
it's interesting because whenever you open the door like that, you open it up to possibilities that you don't expect. You think it's going to go one way, and it may very well go that way, but it could go another. And if it does, then all of a sudden you're sitting there going, whoa, we didn't expect this. Now there's disagreement on those two sides. And, oh, he's an unrestricted free agent. And some team says, hey, we'll give you $42 million a year for one year to come be our quarterback. Opens it up. We do not know what's going on with Andrew Luck's injury. We kind of thought he was back last year. Now we're getting kind of the same wishy-washy stuff out of Indianapolis. That is a problem. That is a big-time problem. We talked about a couple of weeks ago with old Patrick. Progressive presents Forced Metaphors about bundling your home auto and other vehicles. In hockey, it's the goalie's job to protect the net. And in life, your net is your home and auto, but also your boat, motorcycle, RV, or ATV. And your goalie is the round-the-clock protection offered by Progressive Insurance. Well, and also the savings you get when you bundle. So in this metaphor, you have two goalies, which is okay because, you know, it's just a metaphor. Forced Metaphors, presented by Progressive. Bundle and protect today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discount not available in all states or situations. Schmidt about teams who may fall off, who made the playoffs last year. And I think we were in consensus with saying, if something happens with Andrew Luck, the Colts are going nowhere. Right. What the hell is going on with Andrew Luck? Uh, Nobody seems to know. And I thought, you know, I give credit. uh, He writes the athletic Stephen Holder covers the Colts. He tweeted out something that should be really obvious, but I think sometimes people forget. He's like, it's totally fine to admit you have no idea what's going on. And I, I concur with Stephen, and I would say uh, I have no idea what's going on. I don't think anybody knows. I don't know if the Colts know because Luck is very quiet about all that kind of stuff. It's concerning when a calf strain doesn't go away for three and a half months, and now you've got an ankle issue. Yeah. Like, what is that? What is he's not even practicing? It's not like look, I I gotta say at this juncture. I said a week ago if he's not back for the third preseason game, and I don't mean playing in the game. I just mean like back, mm-hmm. like on the, on the field practicing. I'd be really concerned. He warmed up a little bit for the game when they played the Browns on, I believe it was Saturday. But that is that is a concerning situation in Indianapolis. I, we go another week without seeing him in a, in a uniform practicing. Bad I would news. venture to say that he's not playing week one. And then you have to ask the question, because it's obviously the natural progression. If he's not playing week one, is he playing week five, week six, week three? Like When is he playing? Because the Colts have been for years on end with him. Oh, yeah, he'll be back tomorrow. Well, and then tomorrow comes, and he's not back. This happened in 2017 with his shoulder. Yep. And now it's happening with his calf and his ankle. And I'm not saying he's going to miss the whole year, but... At what point do you start looking at this going, okay, well, is he going to be on the pup list? The pup list for six games of the year, their schedule is brutal for six games of the year. I, I, I don't remember all the teams that they have to play, but I do remember they play the Chargers on the road to start. They play the Texans. They play the Chiefs at Arrowhead. They play Atlanta at home. I believe they play at Tennessee in there. Their schedule is rough. Like They could be easily one in five, something like that, if, if – Brissett has to start. Not that he's not a good backup, but he's not Andrew Luck. So it's I would be terrified if I was a Colts fan. Absolutely terrified. They are at Los Angeles, at the Chargers to start the season, at the Titans, home against the Falcons, home against the Raiders. Chalked it up to a win. Yeah. I mean, they could throw one of they, us out there, and they're, they're going to win that game. But then they go to Kansas City, and then week six is a bye. Okay. So they, they could easily, easily 
be one and four without Andrew Locke. Mm-hmm. They could be one and four with him. That's a, I don't think they would be, but they could be. Like that's a pretty hard schedule, depending on what you think of Tennessee. Um, with him, you know, maybe they're three and two, and they've already gotten some really hard road games out of the way. Without him, they're going to be major underdogs at Los Angeles, at Kansas City. They'd probably be an underdog at Tennessee. At home to Atlanta, uh, they're home, but maybe it's a pick. I mean, that would be Falcons are playing to uh, erase the taste of last yep. season. See if that defense that is healthy. Would be, that would be really rough. And you know, you'll get that division. I know they started out one and five last year, and they ran off a bunch of wins. And they made the playoffs, but that's a big ask to dig out of that kind of hole. That is not easy. So, look with luck right now. Yeah, the concern level has got to be high. It hasn't been on the field. Yeah, I mean, we're, you know, it doesn't feel like we're almost a month now into the into the off season programs with these teams with camp and everything else. It's not out there. So yeah, I'm pretty concerned about it right now. All right, Verderam, you're a plugged-in NFL reporter, candlelight conversations with general managers, agents, players, like I'm just a dope nerd with a microphone All looking fair. for you to educate me. Tell it to me. Tell it to me here, Verderam. We are a couple weeks away from the start of the NFL season, and I need to get my news straight from the source. Okay, so uh, two kinds, first of all, uh, but a few things. So one name to keep an eye on for week one that probably isn't a name you're looking for, uh, Quincy Williams of the Jaguars. He tore his meniscus uh, a few weeks back. They said it was a four- to six-week time recovery. If he came back with the four weeks, he'd have a shot to play week one. Um, Jacksonville right now just you know, hoping at this juncture that he can play. It's still a few weeks out, so we're not sure quite yet. But he was going to be the primary replacement for Telvin Smith. He's a converted safety playing linebacker now. He's a third-round rookie pick for Jacksonville, and he can fly. Doug Marone talked about it uh, to Presser that he thought he was the fast guy on the whole team. And I can tell you from people I've spoken to Jacksonville, they love Quincy Williams. Love him. Cannot say enough good things about him. If you're into fantasy football or you're just simply into watching electrifying players, keep an eye on running back. Darwin Thompson, he's out of Utah State. He was a sixth-round pick by Kansas City. The Chiefs are very high on him. And frankly, and Andy Reid talked about this after their last uh, preseason game against Pittsburgh, even they're surprised at how good he's been to this point in preseason. He is blocking everything in sight. He can catch the ball. He's he's a good runner. He doesn't have great speed. He's got about, he ran the same 40 times Alvin Kamara. Okay. Uh, four or five flat. But he... He's got functional speed. He's quick. He's strong. He's only 5'8". He's 200 pounds. And he is making a case for himself. The Chiefs thought going into this offseason, hey, it's going to be Damian Williams as the lead back, Carlos Hyde as the counterpunch. Damian Williams is still the starter. But Darwin Thompson is moving Carlos Hyde to to the side burner at the moment. He is making a very serious bid to be on the field a lot for the Chiefs. So... Just keep an eye on that. Damian Williams a very good player, but he's a guy who hasn't ever had to carry the load all season long. It stands to reason he might get a little banged up at times. The Chiefs might even try to you know diminish his workload to, to prevent that. Darwin Thompson is somebody that the Chiefs coming into camp were like, hey, we hope he makes the team. We hope things – and now are like, hey, he he's going to be on the field. This kid can play. Because let's face it, in Kansas City, he is a back. You better be able to block. He's got fine china behind you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you better be able to block. Well, he can block. 
And he is somebody who I think everybody. I'm not saying draft him in the second round of your fantasy league, but like last round, you got a you got a pick, stash somebody. He's somebody. He's a name to watch because the Chiefs are really excited about him in that offense. There you go, a fantasy crossover, a sleeper straight from the source. You can thank Verderam at the end of the year when you win your fantasy league, or send me threatening messages because he he didn't get as many. Darwin Thomas gets cut. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It just turns out they were hiring Carl side and they were letting on. All right, Verdran, let's wrap up with our last segment here. Teams that are going to have the worst record. We have compiled the odds of the teams that Vegas thinks will not do well this season, specifically do as bad as possible. And coming in hot, number one, how surprised are you that the Miami Dolphins are 5-2 to two odds to have the number one draft pick next year? Not surprised, but I don't know that it's going to happen. Like, not because the Dolphins aren't terrible. The Dolphins are pretty bad. But the division is questionable. Like, you know New England's terrific, but yeah. beyond them, right? Uh, but I'm not surprised. Miami's going to completely tear down. And mm-hmm. it, it's hard to look at them and see a ton of talent. The Dolphins are probably going to be hard-pressed to win more than four games. So would I be shocked? No. I think that's probably the right team to put there. Um, but... You know, be careful with that because if they win a couple of games in that division, mm-hmm. you know, all of a sudden they, they kind of bail themselves out of that position. So how, to speak. how close is because the next team with eleven to two odds is the Arizona Cardinals? Which of those two teams would you say you're putting your money on? Because you, you've convinced me with the Dolphins with the whole, but the Kyler Murray, I, I take the Cardinals, wild yeah. card aspect of this is. I think the Cardinals are going to be worse because I don't trust King, Kingsbury at all as the head coach, and that's not saying he won't be a good head coach. I just have not seen it. He. Couldn't support a winning record at Texas Tech with Mahomes. I've got concerns. I've also got concerns that when I've watched Murray in the preseason, when he hasn't been able to just drop the three-step drop and throw the ball quick, it's been a problem. Mm-hmm. I know people say it doesn't matter that he's short. I'm not, I'm not knocking the guy because of his height, but there's a reason. The NFL is not teaming with guys who are 5'9". Okay, like, it's hard to see over your alignment. The splits have to be wider. I talked to two assistant coaches this offseason when, when Kingsbury got hired and they were talking about Murray. And I said, what do you think about that? And both of them, without being prodded, the immediate response was they better get a hell of an offensive line coach in there because they're going to have to play their splits wider so he can see down the field and it's going to make it a hell of a lot easier to blitz. And I'm telling you, if two assistant coaches feel that way, believe me, most of them feel that way. And teams are going to blitz him early and often and they're going to say, go ahead. Try to beat us. Look, I could see early on that offense is different. Maybe it succeeds for a few weeks. But as time goes on and teams start figuring out how to take away their, their first strength, that's what's your problem. And that division's tough. They're going to have a hard time winning any of those games. So I think Arizona will have a worse record than Miami. Last year around this time, we went through the – I think we did our predictions for who's going to make the playoffs, who's going to win the divisions, whatever like that. And I died on the hill, and I'll admit this because, you know, we all make mistakes – I died on the hill that I would take a giant suitcase full of money to Vegas and place money that this team will make the playoffs as the NFC East division winner. Uh, Now I'm reversing and I'm saying, take that giant suitcase that you stashed away when you didn't listen to me last year, run out to Vegas and put all your money on the eight to one odds that the New York Giants, the New York football Giants are going to have the worst record in football next year. Because this is my pick. The Giants have shown me nothing this offseason. To convince me that they're going to be anything other no, than the not. worst team. Like, yeah, we just talked about the Dolphins and the Cardinals, but if we're talking those three, the trifecta of terrible, the Giants are runaway favorites you know to me. That's a good call. The Giants are awful. I'll give you another team. That 
I don't want to say it's necessarily a sleeper, but it's just one we haven't mentioned yet, and that is the Cincinnati Bengals, or Bungles, whatever you prefer. Are they worse than the Giants? Are they worse than the Cardinals or the Dolphins? I don't know. What I do know is A.J. Green is already hurt, and they might trade him off at the deadline. Mm-hmm. So who knows how many games he plays. Andy Dalton's probably the guy, at least for this year. But you look at that situation and say, okay, well, this might be his last year there. So if they really hit the skids, you know, they drafted Ryan Finley late. Would they give him a look? I, I don't think so, but it's not crazy. Zach Taylor, first-year head coach. We don't know how that's going to all work out. They were the worst team in the league defensively last year. I don't see any reason. I think they're going to be much better this year. They didn't draft a, a class of, of rookies that you'd look at and say are high impact. The division is brutal. Uh, they play the NFC West, by the way. That's not going to be easy. So you start looking at all those things and say, the, the Bengals are going to have a tough time. That, that might be a team that wins three, four, at the most five games. Yeah. But the wrong injury here or there, and... <laughs> They're up a creek. They do not have a lot of talent, and that is a rough schedule ahead for them. That is four of the top five teams with the best odds to finish with the worst record in football. The only one that we missed. The Raiders? Nope, they're outside. D-Town? The Raiders have the same odds as the Bengals, 12-1. to 1. Okay. So they're an honorary top five, but it's not the team that we missed. Detroit? Nope. Detroit has 20-1 to 1 odds. Don't put money on that. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Uh, it's not the Bills, is it? It's not. It's the Washington Redskins at oh, ten to one. Okay, okay. I was going to say the Bills. Questions at quarterback. Good. You don't know what's going on with Jay Gruden, who, when we were doing the head coach odds, it has the best odds to yep. be the first head coach fired this year, which is a little absurd to well, me. Bruce Allen, Dan Snyder, just sitting there, just looking for someone else to blame. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, the Bills have fifteen to one odds. The same odds as the Buccaneers, the Jets, and the Broncos. Okay, and then the Lions have twenty-one or twenty-to-one odds. They're kind of firmly in the middle. Um, your team, Kansas City Chiefs, three hundred to one odds. I was going to say probably not great odds here. Nope, thankfully. And I'll... it's worth mentioning since we're talking about the worst teams in football, or potentially the worst teams in football, the Cleveland Browns, one hundred to one odds to have the worst. That's not something that you hear a lot. I venture to guess since they came back stumbling back into old yeah. cleveland ohio back in 1999 i think this is one of the first times where we're like wow not only are they not leading the way with the best odds for the worst record in football this year 101 odds same odds as the cowboys the falcons the packers the steelers the vikings i do, look i'm it's not saying grouping. I, i'm not think, i'm not saying i think the broncos are going to have the worst record in football but for sure head coach he's never mm-hmm. been a head coach flacco's not been good in years if he gets hurt, which he has been in recent seasons, yeah, it's a Drew Locke show. The Broncos have come out and said he's nowhere near ready. Uh, their offensive line's not good. That defense is still very good, but it is older in some spots. Again, I'm not sitting here saying I think they'll be the worst. I think they're going to probably win you know, six games, something like that. I think they'll have a top ten pick. I don't think they'll be the worst in football. I'm just, you know, sometimes when you start thinking about worst team football, it's typically because some team gets a bunch of injuries. Yep. You know, unexperienced head coach, or inexperienced, I should say. Um, so that's why I was trying to think of just different teams. If you had the wrong injury here or there, I could see that happening. You know, not, obviously, you're not wishing on anybody or anything, but, you know, if like Von Miller got hurt on that team yeah. or something, and then all of a sudden it's like, okay, we're going to double Bradley Chubb and beat us, you know? So 
And it's just a tough division as well. Yeah, the Lions at 20 to 1 odds, I feel like that's extremely generous. They're sandwiched in between yeah, the Broncos be the and the Jaguars. That would be the team. If I was like just looking for good odds, that's a brutal division. What about the Titans at 25 to 1? They're not going to be the worst team in the league. I, I don't I don't trust Mariota, but I actually I think Tannehill's going to be the quarterback at some point. I, I think the Titans, even in a bad case scenario, or even like worst case, they're going to win six, seven games. The Lions, though, that is an interesting bet. Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord-out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick-dry padding is Under Armour's fastest-drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. Because all three of those teams in the division are clearly better than them. They play the AFC West. Oof. Okay? And the the two home games they have in the AFC West are are Kansas City and Los Angeles. (laughs) So th- they could go on four in that division. Denver on the road, they're probably losing that game. Yeah. At Oakland, that might be one of the few games the Raiders win. The Chiefs and the Chargers in Detroit probably winning those games. So you get Det- like Detroit might be a pretty good bet. Like if that thing goes downhill with Patricia. They open the season in Arizona, and I've died on the hill a couple of weeks ago, and I will continue to die on the hill that. That's going to be the Kyler Murray coming out show, or because it's a four twenty-five Eastern time game because yep. it's in Arizona, right. Detroit. It's that, and it goes. It lends to your theory and early in the year, first week of the yep. season. It's the first look at Murray. Yep. They're gonna, he's gonna torch that defense, and we're gonna be sitting here that next Monday going, "Wow!" If you're if you're the card, if you're facing the Cardinals, you want them later in the year. Yep. When you've seen them a bunch and you've got tape on them and you know how to deal with them, um, but like I. Not to steal your segment, I I will die in the hell. Detroit would be my pick there. Yep, that's a good bet. I think Detroit, man, you look at them. Who are the big game breakers on that team? I like Galladay. I like Carryon Johnson. But like, let's be real, neither one of those guys is probably even a Pro Bowl player. Nope. How many? Do right the Lions now, have any Pro Bowlers? I was, I was just going to say that right now. Outside, take Stafford many, out of it. How even him, man? I mean, and I like Stafford. Is he a Pro Bowler? No, not at this point in his career. Yeah. I mean. You figure, look, let's say three quarterbacks in the NFC are making the Pro Bowl. Mm-hmm. Everybody's healthy. Breeze is making it. Rodgers is making it. Goff, Wilson. You, I mean, he's he's not yeah. even in the top five, right? Then you get to the other positions. I like Galladay. He's not a Pro Bowl player. Carryon Johnson, probably not a Pro Bowl player. None of their linemen are. Defensively, maybe Darius Slay at corner. You know, he's borderline. I mean, they, like, that is a rough season. And you're not going to be out scheming people. Too often with Patricia. Matt Prater. Matt Prater. Hey, okay. <laughs> right. Special, your special teams. But you're just you're looking down the barrel They've at got a team nothing. that it's just what is their strength? What do they do? You know, I I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I think I think they are at twenty to one. And my God, if Stafford ever got hurt, Oof. forget it. Now he he's been durable for most of his career, but that's just, you know, something to consider. Yeah, if Stafford gets hurt. It's, uh, they can just start playing taps at Ford Field. Yeah, it's over. it's the David Fales show. Also, yeah. shout out Josh Johnson. He's on an NFL roster. Oh yeah. Oh, he played a good portion of the preseason game against the Texans. Oh yeah. Speaking of which, this is where I was going to end this segment. Uh, we would be remiss if we were talking about the worst. Teams <laughs> I almost in football. brought him up. And I was like, the man. worst teams in football, and we did not mention good friend of the show, Bill O'Brien, 
and his Houston football Texans head coach, general manager, Bill O'Brien. Two we jobs. have to get him on the show. We have to. I just I would give him ultimate credit if he came on. <laughs> just say, look, we kill you all the time. You want to come on and, and you know take us down, us and everybody else. Uh, yeah, Billo has four, uh, Billo and his Texans forty to one odds to be the worst team in football. There's one avenue to that happening. One and only. Deshaun Watson. It's possible too. Injured. You know, it's, he's like well, playing he had, an he iron had a lung at this college. point. He had a twenty show in college, a twenty show in, in the pros. You've mentioned he's gotten beat up like crazy. Titus Howard, their first-round pick, who's been playing guard, not tackle, which is terrifying, <laughs> broke his Billow. finger Broke his finger over the weekend. Uh, he's not expected to miss it in real time, but, you know, it's not great when you've got a broken finger and you're, you're lying. Um, yeah, I mean, what the hell? Like, you feel like you've reached on a guy, and then it's like, yeah, we're going to play him at guard. <laughs> anyway. Um, it's the Bill O'Brien show. I don't think they're anywhere near the worst record, unless no. unless it turns into backup quarterback central there. In which case, well, we saw what happened a couple of years ago. Like they were riding a little high when I, uh, I should know this. Washington went out. Who is the back? Is it still Wheaton? Is he still the backup quarterback there? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like he shouldn't be at this point. I mean, it's also the Houston Texans. A lot of things shouldn't be at this like, point. For a while, it was Ryan Mallett who was involved, and then it was Brandon Wheaton. Can't still I lied. It. It's not right. It's not Brandon Whedon. Who is it? Um, the third string quarterback, drum roll please, is Joe Webb, who still has a job in football. Oh my! God. The backup quarterback, Deshaun Watson, goes down. Bill O'Brien is looking to the sideline. He says, "Hey, AJ McCarron, grab your helmet and get in the game. Oh. It all rests on you." Yeah. AJ McCarron, the backup for not Deshaun great. Watson, better than uh, better than uh, than Whedon, but not great. Yeah, so but if I, I took those forty to one odds. I'm rooting pretty hard for it. I'm so excited to see AJ McCarron coming. If that you game. took forty one odds and McCarron's involved, <laughs> you do feel a lot better. With but Joe I, Webb as a safety net, oh, just for Watson <laughs> and for everybody involved, I really hope he stays upright. Because oh, I, I don't. A, he's just fun to watch, and B, well, man, yeah. I, I just don't want to. I don't want to watch that. Um, all right, that's all, all right. I got, Birdram. So I've got as well, Hill. Obviously, uh, check out our partners over at Fanatics, uh, fansite.fanatics.com. Save 20% on shipping. They have all your needs for your fandoms. Uh, make sure to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. Leave a like, leave a rating, a comment, and follow us on Twitter at StackingTheBox. Uh, don't be bashful. Let us know what you think. Good, bad, otherwise, we're here, and we like to hear your comments. So with that being said, I am Matt Verdram, he is Josh Hill, and we will be back next week after week three of the preseason. It's basically a bye at that point. Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord-out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick-dry padding is Under Armour's fastest-drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 
Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.